Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba. Welcome to episode 78 of the Lions Den, a Galside podcast done for the community, by the community. My name is Yasin. I'm here with John from Canada. John, how's it going, my man? It's going excellent, brother. So happy to be back for another one. Like I said, on the road to 100 episodes, creeping up pretty quick. But uh, yeah, happy to, happy to be back with you for uh, another good discussion here. Absolutely, man. I think we're on a nice little streak here, uh, hopefully making up for our few weeks of nothingness. Um, this is what, like a third episode in a mm-hmm. matter of a week and a half. So yep. pretty proud of ourselves here. To uh, I think it's a good way to come back nice and strong. And of course, we don't want to miss any episodes because there is just so much going on. Obviously, we have our standard games um, every week now, seems more often, but also the transfer window. Um we made a big sale. We talked about Sasha Bowie last week. And since then, everybody's been in a bit of a panic mode, I would say, because we got rid of our right back, Sasha Bowie. We got rid of our left back, who was supposed to be a starter, who a lot of play a lot of fans had uh kind of the hope to trigger, you know, the the buy option in a in a in in on Hanalinho. I'm sorry, I can't talk. It's Monday night. I had a long work day. Apologies, but Yes, Angelino, we thought we were going to trigger his uh, you know, buy clause. That didn't happen. We sent him away. And I think he started for Roma today. So we got rid of our our main right back. We got rid of our main left back. And all the fans are now asking, what the hell are we going to do for the next five months, John? Right? Because right. we're still in the title race. It's between us and Fenerbahce and absolutely nobody else. It's, it's just us two, neck and neck, same amount of points. We're out of the Champions League, but we are still in Europa League. So we have a lot to fight for. It's not like, you know, we're out of the race and let's just scrape by with whoever we have, Kazim John, whether it's Kana, Kana at right back or Budish. It's not like that. We're really in the race. So everybody's panicking about who we're going to bring in for those positions. And John, we've seen a lot of different rumors, I'd say, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Um Honestly, it feels like I wake up every morning, there's like three new names. One guy saying, we agreed with this guy. Then a couple hours later, no, we agreed with this guy. Actual transfers are coming to light as well. Like it's, yeah, it's madness, man. Yeah. And it's constantly being fed something else, right? Like, you know, as as avid Gala fans, John, we, we try to kind of understand what journalist is like what tier, right? Like, because... You'd go crazy trying to, you know, understand all these rumors if you didn't have an idea of who's reliable and who's not. Yeah. So as fans, as fanatics like we are, we try to kind of bucket them, right? Tier one, tier two, tier three. But every fucking window, every six months, whether it's in January with the with the winter transfer window or in the summer, people's reliability changes, yeah, right? It's some so crazy. some guy 
some guy john that you said oh he's fucking tier one tier s Uh, this guy i believe everything he says if he says we're getting somebody at right back that's turkish that is happening if he says left back foreigner that's happening now john do you do you trust anybody like that i mean i don't know about you but like i i'm losing that understanding of who's reliable and who's not yeah like as this year especially I, I don't i don't feel like there's been one guy like i don't think there someone has been the guy you know where you got to turn your alerts on when, whenever he tweets right it's i don't know it's yeah. just so weird bro like it just feels like so many people are you know making posts and doing these tweets just just to like get in the mix and like j- just to have their opinion or have their voice out there you know like it might not necessarily be true or they might have taken something from someone else and added something to it but it's just been so crazy man like there's just no one (laughs) that i can honestly say you know i'm waiting for this guy's tweets and whatever he says i'm gonna believe you know right 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 like you know people are wrong left and right and it's not just the small names it's the big names that are being blown up to be absolutely incorrect you know if you're a big fan on Twitter, you there's a there's a username called Sami Yenhaber, right? This guy, we don't know who he is by name, but he is a really big fan page of Galsai. He seems to be well connected. I'm just giving an example here, but you know, he he seemed to be reliable for a couple of years now. And recently, something that he said is done, which is a Sinyon, I believe his name was, a right back that we were interested in from I think it was Rennes. And he said he's done. We, I woke up to the news or I slept one day to the news at nighttime here in the, the U.S. Right before I went to bed, uh, Samyan said, oh, Asinio is done. We're paying this much money for his loan fee. There's no buy clause. Sasha Bowie convinced him to come. <laughs> I'm like, great. We got our right back. And he looks pretty good. We were all upset about the rumor of him not having a buy clause. And we went through this entire process in the, in the group chat saying, okay, why it makes sense and why it's okay for him not to have a buy clause. Like, we we accepted it for it being done because that's how reliable this guy was. Next day I wake up, it's fucking blown up. There's no, apparently it's wrong. Yaz Sabanjolo, a very reliable Turkish reporter who, you know, has his uh, gripes, I would say. There's a lot to not like about him as well. He says this, this news is wrong. Fabrizio denies it. Fabrizio Romano, one of the best journalists in the world, if not the best in the world. Yeah. So it's like... Do I turn Odi's on for Fabrizio? <laughs> Do I turn it on for this motherfucker Yaz, which I hate? Yeah. Because yeah. he's biased. He's a he used to be a fan of reporter, yeah. for those who don't know. So it's it's very confusing. But John, with all that said, I'm, I'm sure we can complain for hours about this entire process. With all that said, we we do have a right back and a uh a left oh and a striker right we have a right back and our striker mm-hmm. guaranteed and official for those who don't know starting with the right back is Serge Aurier uh he is what 31 years old or so mm-hmm. something like that yeah he played for Tottenham he's coming from Nottingham Forest on loan so it's a five I guess five month loan until the end of the season and that's it. No buy clause. We are paying a hundred thousand euro fee to Nottingham Forest for his loan, and a hundred fifty k signing fee for Aurier to come here. So you can think of it as a two hundred fifty k fee to bring him here, and six hundred k in wages that will be paid to the player, which is honestly a player of his well seeming caliber of his experience is not that bad at all, right? So, um, 
a lot of people have questions about whether he's still as good as he used to be. He used to play for Tottenham Hotspur, John, uh, where he made a name for himself. But at the same time, he's known to be quite inconsistent. We'll talk about that in a second as well. And then the second transfer, which we'll talk about, is a striker who is also an ex-Tottenham player, Carlos Vinicius. He is coming from, I believe it is Burnley? Uh, Fulham, uh, I think it was. Fulham. That's right. That's right. Fulham. Uh, he's coming from Fulham on a 600k loan fee and 600k in wages. And again, no buy option. Yeah, let me let me just say, I think the reason you said Burnley was uh, because we went to bed thinking we were going to get Asignan. <laughs> and when we woke up, I literally saw a brother standing there in a Burnley shirt. But anyways, Fuck, fuck's sake, man. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a side point, but go, go on. <laughs> right. So, oh man, uh, it, it's been crazy, guys. If, you, if you've been following the news, apart from this podcast, it's been a crazy week with so many different clubs and names mentioned. But So yeah, Carlos Vinicius, he, he was brought in for, uh, as I said, as a backup striker, which actually leads me to another discussion, which I, I don't know if we talked about last time, but Bakambu. I almost forgot to talk about him, but Kambu mm-hmm. is, as everybody knows, was our backup striker to Icardi last season. I believe we brought him from the Greek League or the Saudi League. I forget which one it was. If you've been following the league for a while, he has loads of experience in not only the Turkish League with Bursaspor, but also La Liga. He is a goal-scoring machine. Uh, no if buts, maybe is about it. Is he world-class? That's a different discussion. But we saw him. We... You know, he played with us for six months, maybe very limited minutes, but he scored, right? He scored against Bayern Munich and he scored, uh, I think, a couple of times in the league. I'm actually not sure now, but he did his job, I would say, when he was there. He had a very good attitude. And all of a sudden, I think it was Real Betis. Uh, let me quickly check that one, actually. Was it Real Betis? Yeah, I believe, I believe so. I always get those uh, Spanish clubs uh, confused. I always mix them up with each other. Always, man. Okay, so it it is Betis. So Betis, as I just said, Bakambu has experience in La Liga and he's a respectable striker. Betis needed a striker. They came knocking with an offer that I would say is too good to refuse. And what is that offer, you might ask? It's 5 million net plus 5 million in bonuses. On paper, 5 plus 5, 10 million in potential fees for Bakambu, who we bought for 700K less than a year ago. How the fuck is that possible, you might say? I don't know either. <laughs> that is exactly I, what I would say, actually. The, I don't know. <laughs> but listen, um, at the end of the day, it's an official statement, right? Galsai is registered on the stock exchange of Turkey. Uh, I think that's the way that you look at it. And we have to announce these types of news, official statements to the stockholders, right? That's That's... That's part of the legal process. So we can't lie about this, right? We can't just make up numbers as some people might think we do. But I think there's also maybe some loopholes that we might go around it. So this is not guaranteed. I'm just speaking out loud now, John. And I'm curious what you think about this too. What they're saying is the actual fee, it's a rumor. The actual fee that we're getting for Bakambu is about $3 million. Um, but then he also has wages of about two to three million that we owe him that we'll be paying, but Real Betis is paying us through a transfer fee. So like we make it look like it's more than it actually is. Mm. As for the five million bonuses, apparently about two to three of that is 
realistic, like easy bonuses. I don't know how easy. Again, we don't know the details. Unfortunately, uh, although as great as Erdan Tumur and Dursun Uzbek have been since they've joined us, when it comes to these announcements of transfers and loans, we've been a little bit more under, uh, I don't know. We just haven't been seeing the details as much as we would before. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it depends how you look at it. But that's good money for Bakambu, John. What do you, what do you think of this whole... Bakambu out, Vinicius in, and then I want to get your opinion on the two, the right back as well. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of hand it off to you. I think I spoke a little bit too much here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. So I think, I mean, like you said, for Bakambu, five plus five is like I didn't, I, I can't believe that that's a thing. Like that doesn't seem real. So I don't, I don't know if there's some other uh condition or whatever like you said you know maybe you know the whole thing with the wages that to me that probably seems likely because i don't know the, the five plus five just seems like that's just downright magic from that's a our, lot of fucking money <laughs> yeah that's downright magic from our board so i i'm not really sure like i'm i'm not exactly sad to see him go i'm not happy about it either i mean i i, I feel that for you know, the purpose we brought him in for, I thought that he did the job well, you know, mm-hmm. he got that goal against Bayern. He came in a couple of times off the bench to score. So, um, I thought he was, uh, you know, doing his job well, and he's not really a, a player that complained about that either. So I was overall, you know, satisfied with him. Um, but in terms of the finances, yeah, if, if that's real, if that's literally what it is, five plus five, you know, with those, <laughs> with the extra five for bonuses and stuff like that, that's, magic but i wouldn't be surprised if there's some other something else going on there right definitely yeah definitely. um and then in his place like you said we've brought in carlos vinicius who i i'm i'm really really interested in this transfer more so than um Aurier because um he this guy, Carlos Vinicius, he's such a different, uh, like he fits such a different player profile than any player that we have. Like I would even say he's kind of the opposite from Acardi. you know, mm-hmm. he's six mm-hmm. foot two. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's not really as fast. He's not really as mobile. You know, he's not really as nimble, but he has more of a physical presence, right? He's just, more... Just- to quickly mm. cut you off there, six foot mm. two is about 1.9 meters for those yeah. everywhere else around the world, except for, I guess, here in North America, but yeah, go on. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, he's more of like a physical presence there, you know, whereas Acardi's like in and out of the box, you know, sometimes he drops into the midfield. You you see him, you know, playing those little uh, one-two passes through, little combination plays, you know, you can sort of play Acardi through, Acardi can score with his head. So he's, Acardi's kind of more versatile and he's more uh, just mobile, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have mm-hmm. this guy who's bigger and more of a target man. So I think, I like that. I think that's really good to have two different strikers like that, um, you know, depending on the scenario, how the match is going, how you're trying to play the match. I think that gives us a, a bit more depth. And um, like I mentioned, he's, he's coming from uh, Fulham. And uh, he his other, I guess, like longer stint with the club because he was on loan a couple of times. So it was with Benfica. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And I have a feeling he might, he might be playing tomorrow in our cup match. We'll talk about the cup match later, but I really have my eye on him and I'm interested to see what he can do. 
Yeah, just to quickly add to that, um, all great points. I think he offers something that we might need in the second half of the season, which is that height, as you mentioned, because, I mean, currently, or I guess the first six months of the season, we didn't necessarily have a good crosser, right? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes having the option to cross a ball in and also having players that can score off of crosses is a huge thing, especially when you're Galsai, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, who constantly attack the opponent and then these opponents just like to sit back sometimes. Uh, so having that option to be able to say, okay, you want to sit back? Well, and you're not going to let us dribble into your box? Let's try some crosses. And Icardi has been successful in the past, but lately he hasn't necessarily been in the best form when it comes to scoring off of headers. Mm-hmm. And that's partially also because he just has so many defenders on him, right? So yeah. when he's in the box, he's double teamed, triple teamed. And that just leaves options for everybody else that is in the box to be an aerial threat. Unfortunately, we don't necessarily have players that we play with that are aerial threats. You have Martins. That, that guy's not going to be an aerial threat. Torreira likes to get in the box, but he's not an aerial threat. Even when the ball somehow does magically land at his head, <laughs> he's not going to necessarily place it into the corner most of the time, right? Yeah, right. You have Kerem. He's not an aerial threat. Zaha, I, I mean, actually, I, I rarely see Zaha get into the box for... A header like that's just not what he does he likes to be outside the box he likes to get the ball at his feet and shoot or take a player on and then pass the ball in so he's not an aerial threat our aerial threats are essentially Icardi and Khan Ayhan if he's in the box and Abdul Kedem Bardakja who's our center back so that's mostly like off of set pieces or whatever not necessarily the guy that's in the box coming off of open play so uh, I'm excited for that. He's he's a big guy. Uh, even if it's not just aerial threat, he's big, physical, and he has a lot of experience in top leagues. Maybe you look at his statistics over the years and you say, what the hell is this guy, right? Like, this guy is not like a, a goal machine. He's not. We'll admit, he's not a goal machine. But right. Fulham, Premier League, Benfica, right? The Portuguese League, top league, PSV, uh, you know, in the Dutch League. Uh, these are all Tottenham in the past. Napoli in Syria. Ah, he played for Monaco at one time. I don't know how much it was. I'm just kind of going through his list of prior clubs now. But these are all top clubs in top leagues. Maybe at this age, 28, he's stepping into a lesser quality league, the Turkish league. He might shine. He just might. And guess what? It's six month loan. So like the risk is very little. Like we don't have to buy this kid for like 10 million at the end of the season. And he turned out to be, you know, a terrible player. And he has to prove himself as well, right? He's not getting a lot of minutes at his prior clubs. He's going to come here. He's going to play behind Icardi. He's going to learn from Icardi. And he's going to try and prove himself. So there's a lot of good things to look at it as well. It's not like, you know, we need our second striker to be playing 90 minutes uh, every game, right? So uh, hopefully he works out. But um, as for Aryer, do you want to quickly touch on that one too? Yeah, sure. This one I think is more... um how can I say controversial maybe? So let's sort of, we'll break it down. So we have this 31 year old in Aurier right back. We have a guy that plays regularly for the Ivory Coast. He's in the uh, African Cup of Nations right now. Um, He's played at a very high level in his career. You know, he has 40 plus appearances for PSG. He has 70-plus appearances for Tottenham in Premier League, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Now he's with Nottingham Forest. So 
there's no you can't really deny the fact that you know he has spent majority of his of his career playing at a high level against high level opponents right mm-hmm. i think um i think where the the controversy starts is well of course first of all he's coming in to replace sasha bowie so <laughs> that that in itself i mean it, you issues know to fill. yeah definitely like that's already going to cause some issues right but considering his age and the fact that he he just he hasn't really been playing that well lately like Nottingham Forest he's not regularly in the starting 11 because they have uh, Montiel from Argentina mm-hmm. so he's not he he he's can't really get into the starting 11 that often in the uh, African Cup of Nations he I think started once or twice and he hasn't really been too good I was watching their last game which they ended up winning in the 120th minute, I think. But he ended up coming off at halftime as well. So I'm not sure. I think people, like, what I personally think about it is I think that him coming in for five or six months, I think he'll do the job for us for that time. Mm -hmm. Do I want to continue with him after that? Probably not, but it really depends on the type of performance that he puts in, right? So yeah. I, I think for that time period, I, I think he could be a good solution. But, you know, I'd be lying to say I, I'm not upset about missing out on uh, Asignon because I really wanted him. That's the guy that I really wanted. But right. we'll, we'll see what Aurier can do. Like, I mean, like I said, you know, it's not like he's, he's you know, an, an unknown player and there's this kind of mystery that surrounds him. Like, we know what he's done. We know where he's played. He has some friends in the team as well with Davis and yep. Sanchez and Dombele, Zaha. So I don't know, maybe it could be a good fit and just what we need for six months. So I'm kind of just waiting this one out as well and seeing what he can do when, once he returns from the African Cup of Nations, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to add on to that, I mean, there's a lot of people that are not happy with these two transfers because they say, look, we, we had such a Bowie. Obviously, we got a good offer, too good of an offer to refuse, right? $30 million, The kid has a year and a half left on his contract. You don't know what's going to happen in the next five months. You don't know what's going to happen in the summer. God forbid he gets injured. God forbid he loses form. And God forbid he might say, hey, listen, Gala, like I have a year left on my contract. And I have a lot of teams that are interested. I want to be the guy that controls my future. I'm going to just see out my contract. And leave for free and sign a, sign a nice signing bonus when I'm a free agent. Any of this could have happened. So you can't turn down this offer. And with that comes $30 million plus $5 million bonuses. And now fans are saying, John, we have $35 million fucking euros, right? Like, that's a lot of money. And why are we not spending it? Like, why aren't we going and spending $10 million on a new right back? Why aren't we spending $10 million on a new striker, $5 million on a left back? Like, why aren't we spending this money that we now have? Mm-hmm. Very valid, you know, perspective. However, what we do need to consider is it's the trans, it's the winter, winter transfer window, guys, right? So teams are in the title race. Teams are fighting relegation. Teams don't want to get relegated, right? They have their teams established since the summer. That's when you do your, your planning. That's when you pick your players and you play with that team for the rest of the year. Winter transfer window is more so like, you know, if you really need to bolster your squad or you have too good of an offer right now with Sasha Bowie. With that said, it's hard to replace players in this in the winter because everything is more expensive. If a player is worth five million in the summer, they might be worth eight million in the winter because that team that's selling that player 
now has to replace that player with a very limited supply, op, like op, option in terms of players available in the market. Because again, as I just said, nobody wants to sell their players. So you might think 35 million is a lot. You're not going to get 35 million worth of players. You're going to get maybe 20 million worth of players if you really want to spend it all. And on top of that, you know, I don't know the details of it, but like apparently in the Turkish league, there's an agreement with the banks where you nearly half the money that you get from your transfer fees and sales goes directly to pay off, you know, your debt with the bank. It, not necessarily like don't think of it as like, oh, I lose half my money. No, that half money is going towards your own debt. So right. you're you're increasing the value of your club by doing this, but that just means less money to play with, right? So um, I I would have loved to see another Sacha replacement, like a Sinyon, as you said, right? Like it would be nice to sell a young player, bring in another player with a third of their value, play them and sell them again, repeat, right? Like buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high. You want to do this, of course, but the winter transfer is very difficult to do this, as I just mentioned. So the way that I believe we looked at it, John, is let's find players who can come in and provide experience and you know have something to prove, have a reason to play, and carry the you know carry forward for the next five months, pay very little fees, very little wages, which is the case for both Vinicius and Aurier. And then in the summer, you have money to play with and a lot more options. Hopefully, with the help of Aurier and the other players that we bring in with our already existing very good squad and manager, we can push to be champions in the league again, get our spot in the Champions League for next year, and then we have all this incentive. We have $30 million to play with, plus you know, whatever other sales that we make in the summer. And then you also say, I have Sasha Bowie as an example. Look, I bought this kid for a million and a half at this age, and we sold him to 30, for $35 million to Bayern Munich. So we can now approach players, young players in the summer who are available to be sold and say, look, come to Gala instead of going to Benfica or the Premier League or whatever. Come to Gala, play in the Champions League. We were champions the last two years. We'll be champions again this year with your help. And who knows? We'll sell you maybe to Bayern Munich, United, whoever it is in a year and a half, two years. Look at Sasha Bowie. So I think that's the route that we took and I'm okay with it. Like, it's it's not easy to bring in players now, so I think we I think we so far went about it pretty good. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or if you have another perspective you want to add on to that one. Yeah, I mean, not really to be honest. I mean, I, I'm kind of I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm more so looking towards the summer to replace yeah. some some holes that we have. You know, like like you mentioned um, a couple minutes ago there. Like you know, it's January, so it's it's not only difficult to bring players in because there might not be that many players available, but it's also difficult because, you know, other clubs will know if you're desperate for a left back, they'll know that. And the price yeah. of their player is, of course, going up. Like, they're going to leverage that, right? So sure. I'm mostly just looking, you know, forwards to the summer to to kind of fill in these blanks. But mm -hmm. for the time being, I'm pretty content with what we've done, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just to kind of wrap up this whole transfer talk, uh, there are rumors of us wanting a left back. Um, I don't think there's a need to go through the details of all the options and whatnot, but just to quickly mention, 
today, uh, Monday, February 5th, the rumor of Derek Cohn came out. He's a, a German left back that plays for uh, Hanover in the second Bundesliga league, uh, second league of the Bundesliga. Uh, he plays consistently, 100% of games, 100% of minutes. He has 20 appearances, three goals, six assists. Pretty good. He's 25 years old. And we're apparently interested in a similar deal where we 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 loan him for five months, but with a buy option. Um, numbers are all over the place, so there's no reason to talk about it. He's not a very sexy name by any means. He doesn't necessarily have a lot of experience like Aurier or Vinicius, but um, you know he's he's an option. Um, do you have any thoughts on that guy? Uh, I, th- I think you previously said that you're not necessarily so excited about it, but uh, anything you want to add? I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until you know if, if it becomes official. Right, uh, right, that's I, fair. Yeah, like I'll make more comments on it then. But for now, like and like these kind of players, it, it's hard anyways to do a lot of research on them and see how they play and things like that. But I'm gonna hold off until it's official, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll discuss that one. That's very fair. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours discussing yeah. the ten other <laughs> yeah. names that are rumored with us, but. Just to kind of uh, finalize this whole transfer talk, you know, the rumors are we're in for a left back and we're in for a number 10, right? We want a number 10 that can create for Icardi, that can play, distribute the ball because as we see, Kerem and uh, Martins are, are only two real options there and it's inconsistent whether it's the age, the minutes available, the ability to play number 10 for Kerem. So it's a big question mark there. And when you have a number nine like Icardi who can score goals, you need to figure out a solution to get him the ball, which has been a problem for a Galatasaray the last six months. So mm-hmm. um, a number 10 and a left back. Left back, apparently we were interested in the Turkish left back. That's why you saw names like Ridvan Yilmaz rumored. But uh, now we're seeing the option of a left back that can also play right back. And it's okay if they're a foreigner. So uh, let's see what happens. We'll discuss more details in the next episode. But hopefully, I think by then, everything should be finalized. So we'll have much more... Uh, details then so uh that's that's transfers uh before we get into the game Jen, i think it would be good to quickly discuss another piece of news that came out today which is hakim ziesch is injured um he was at the afcon with his national team uh morocco uh he apparently hurt his ankle um i'm not an, an expert when it comes to injuries so i'm not going to try and describe it but he has an ankle injury and he's apparently out for, this is just a rumor, uh, anywhere between three to five weeks, uh, hopefully on the lower end of that. But Ziyech, man, what a quality player, but, you know, you got to be available, right, John? Like, what are we yep. supposed to do at this point? Yeah, we have, we have a lot of friends that called this happening, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm so disappointed in the whole thing. And it's, I think it's so clear. Th- this is what... Ziesh wants, in my opinion, from what I've seen, Ziesh wants to go to a club that is going to pay him a boatload of money for him to play once in a while because where he really wants to play is with the national team. That's what he wants. He wants to go to a club that has so much money, they don't care about paying him 6 million euros a year and he'll only play three times. That's what he wants. I don't really think he wants to play football. Like, I don't think 
his priorities and his concerns are playing football at the highest level on the biggest stage against the best competition. I don't think that's what he wants. I think he just wants to get paid a lot of money and then go play with Morocco where he actually wants to compete. So I've, yeah. I, I, I've, I've kind of, I'm, I'm writing off Ziyech and his term at Galatasaray. I'm just, I'm writing it off, bro. I don't, I don't think he wants to play football. I think that's it. I just don't think he wants to play. Yeah. And, you know, the saddest part about everything that you just said is that I have to agree with it. Like at, at, high, at face value, when you hear something like that, you naturally want to say, John, that's so not, that's so unfair. Why mm-hmm. are you saying this about a, a great footballer like Ziyech who played at the top leagues, right? With the quality that he has, the skills he has. Yeah. What he can do with the football is magic, yeah. right? Why would a player, why would you say this about a player like this? It's what we see. If you if you watch Gala for the last six months and forget his prior history, right, at Chelsea and Ajax and all that, forget that for a moment. We're, we're assessing him based on what we saw since he joined Gala. Yeah. It's a player who, when he plays, he is magical. However, you look at his, the comparisons, right, the players that he's playing with. Look at Zaha, for example, right? Zaha plays with passion. And you can't deny that. Icardi plays with passion. You can, you can criticize Kerem all you want. He plays with passion. Martins, at his age, plays with passion. He tries. All these players on the pitch for Gala, historically too, they play with passion. They understand yeah. the, the club's history. We bring in, I would say, for the most part, we have a good history of bringing in good coaches that bring out the best of their players. Our coaches at Gala, which I'm very proud about, do a very good job of describing the the importance of wearing a gala jersey yeah. and playing for this club the fans do an amazing job of having the, f- the the players realize how important it is to wear that part of the jersey of course we have our moments we whistled Kedem last week which i'm not proud about but we have our moments but overall at the end of the day as a player for gala you have a million reasons to play hard and we haven't seen that from zh his availability has been on and off of course, when he came in, it was a question mark of how often is he going to be able to play? Is he injury prone? Whatever. But you see him go on his international duty for Morocco, the way that he shares posts on social media, the way that he smiles in the pictures and the way that he plays for them, you see a difference. It sounds crazy, but this is what I see and you see and many others see and talk about like yeah. that. That's not cool, man. Like, we're, we're not a small club. This is a massive club. When you play here, you need to play with the same passion consistently. This is not a playground to just come and do whatever you want. So, it's unfortunate. Um, it doesn't seem like a season-ending injury. So, I assume he's going to stay with us, John. But when he comes back, is he going to have that excitement? Um, we're approaching the end of the season, slowly but surely. We're halfway through. So naturally, the excitement and the passion, the reason to be excited goes up, right? You want to win the league. So maybe we will see a different Ziyech over the next couple of months when he returns. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, that's, that's that. I mean, there's a lot we can talk about, but let's hope he, we see a different Ziyech when he returns, if he returns, right? So yeah, we uh, wanted to share that piece of news. Um, with that said, I think... I think that's it. I mean, there's some other news. Dursun Uzbek spoke about Fenerbahce and the league uh, today. I don't, 
I don't really want to go into those details because admittedly, I didn't read all the details. He just complained about Fenerbahce and the league. And he said, I don't know. Is there anything that you want to point out from it? I, I wish Emre here was here. I think he would have done <laughs> a pretty good job with the homework on that piece. But I don't know. Do you have anything? Not really. That's not my uh, my <laughs> area of expertise, I guess. So uh, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to the guys who wanted yeah. to know more about that. Um, listen, yeah. there's there's an official announcement that came out today, February 5th, uh, on the Gala website. If you are not an expert in Turkish like me, copy and paste it into uh, Deeple, Google Translate. It will You will get your information there. I apologize. My my apologies. I I could have done a little bit of better homework there, but um, that's that's it. Uh, Sasha Bowie's gone. Uh, I don't see anything else new. So hopefully, a lot more exciting um, transfer to talk about next time. With that said, John, I think we can get into the game, right? Yeah, yeah, we can get into it. Um, let me uh, let me introduce the match, our starting lineup, and uh, some stats. For all you yeah. lovely listeners. So this was round 24 of the Super League. We were away to Samsung Sport. Um, I'll go through our starting 11. We had, of course, Fernando Muslera in goal. Berkan Kutlu at left back for the second match in a row. Uh, Victor Nelson, Davidson Sanchez, Khan Ihan again right back. Kerem Demirbay, Lucas Torreira, Mertens is our midfield. Kerem Akturkolo, Barish as our wingers, and Icardi up front. This one ended 2-0 for us. Goals from Nelson and Barish. Nelson in the fourth minute, Barish in the 11th minute. I'll go through some stats as well. We had 55% possession opposed to the 45% for Samsung. 16 total shots, 5 on target, and an XG of one8 Eight. Uh, both FOTMOB and SofaScore have our highest rated player for the match as Muslera. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Now, the match. What I thought about the match. You know what I found interesting about this match? Mm. There were things that were very uh, typical as of late that, ha- that you know happened in this match. And there was one thing that was very... Um, not typical, I guess. Something that we don't see very often, right? Okay. So we had the Budish impact. He scored a brilliant goal. I'll detail that in a minute. That's been typical. We had a Cardi scoring an offside goal. That's been very typical. We had our uh, ex-players, Thailand and Emre, trying to take our heads off for 90 minutes. That's very typical. And we had Kerem miss... An absolute wide open net from top to bottom, left to right. That's very typical. But what was not typical was that we put them away early. In the first 10 minutes of the match, we were up 2-0. And that is sort of a rare occurrence for us as of late, at least, with these, you know, 1-0, uh, 1-0 wins and scoring in like the 85th minute, stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I found that interesting. Now, uh, I thought that when we after that, after the first 10 minutes, when, when we went up to nil, we had a couple of chances here and there, like with Kerem, you know, he had a, a big chance and a uh, few other chances here and there. But 
I felt like Samsung were like pushing, like they were trying to score. Um, and I know you you were mentioning to me you kind of saw this match in bits and pieces, but even you could pick up on that and you noticed that they're really, really pushing us and tr- trying yeah. to trying to get one back on us, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did what, what did you think? Uh so as a disclaimer, as John just kind of mentioned, I couldn't watch this game in full detail like I normally would. It was on a Friday. I was in the office, so I kind of just had my phone on the side on extremely low brightness and just listening to the game, looking over when there was something exciting going on based on the commentary. But, I mean, the two early goals, as you mentioned, very surprising to say the least. I I think I missed the first goal completely. That's how early it was. I was still trying to figure out the setup that that I wanted to watch on my phone at work. Next thing I see, you know, Nelson is celebrating a goal. I'm like, what happened here? Nelson scored a goal, like, end of the world. Like, early in, early in the game, that is two things you never really see. Nelson scored a goal and a gala early goal. So, that was a great start. And then Barish did his thing. Um, but what I saw after that was kind of disappointing, right? We, I didn't see us really hold possession of the ball. I didn't really see us continue to attack like I would have hoped, right? You you scored two early goals, right? You you imagine that a team like Gala uses this difference to, you know, showcase themselves. At the end of the day, guys, we're we're tied with points with Fenerbahce. And the goal difference is extremely important at the end of the season. As we were, you know, we saw in the past, in recent history with Bishkitash. Like, these goals matter. Yeah. Like, when you find yourself in a position to score goals, you need to score your goals. You need to attack, attack, attack. You can't feel bad. If you put a team two down, two nothing down this early, keep going at them. Keep going at them. Don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. And we we didn't see that. That that kind of upset me because, uh, like I said, you need to score goals. And Samson, the way that they came back, that's I suppose not not surprising. Samson is not a bad team by any means. Right. I think their stadium was full, so uh, they have. If you're down one nothing, two nothing that early in the game at Samson Sport, you're thinking. What do I have to lose at this point, right? Like, let's just fucking go all out. Let's try and find it, you know, a goal before half. Make it a close game. Like they, they started attacking, but our reaction to that was not ideal. Uh, so I, I wasn't really that happy about that. Um, and just to quickly mention, uh, not to go back again, but the starting lineup. Uh, for those who might be questioning why Zaha didn't start, Zaha. We discussed it last time. We we thought he would start, and I think he would have started. But before the game, news came out that his wife uh, was a little bit ill, so he didn't travel with the team to Samsung. I think he still he still ended up coming. Obviously, he played in the second half. Yeah, but he didn't start because of that. So you know, I still respect to Zaha. Shout out to him. He could have easily been like, "Oh, this is an away game, not in Istanbul. My wife is sick. Consider me out." Um, no, he 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 still traveled. He still came. He didn't start, but he was there to support the team, and he did what he needed to do in the second half. He came out when coach asked him. So, another uh, example of Zaha showing the passion and the desire to play football for Gala. So, huge respect to him for that. Um, just wanted to point that out. Um, yeah, man. I where's the third goal, right? Like that. That's what I'm looking for in this game. Um, and I and we didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, especially after. 
you know, like you have 80 minutes plus stoppage time after you, you, you score those two goals, right? Like surely there's a third one in there somewhere. And, um, you know, like I said, we had, we had a, a few chances, probably the biggest coming with, uh, with, with Kedem's chance in the second half, I believe. Um, I did, I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I was going to detail those two goals. I just wanted to, you know, run through those two goals quick. And then there was something I wanted to talk about and related to Muslera, but, uh, so we had Victor Nelson score in the fourth minute. That was from a corner. So we had Kedem Demirbay whip the corner in and Akardi had a sort of a, a flick on header towards the second post and Nelson was there in the middle and he just kind of put it put it home. That was the first goal. Um, and then we had Barish who scored an amazing goal actually. There was a ball that was played through. I think it was by Mertens. He played the ball through. And it was on sort of the right side of the box. And Barish with his right, the outside of his right foot, he kind of took the ball a, across and around Okan and slotted it in. And of course, you had everyone on Twitter saying, oh, Okan did that on purpose. And look at this goal, goaltending, things like that. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even address that, really. It was just a beautiful goal. But um, yeah, two pretty nice goals. Unfortunate we didn't get the third but I wanted to talk about Muslera. Now, in the um, 46th minute, just after halftime, so Samsung came out of the gates really fast. Um, they came out swinging. Looks like, it looked like they were going to pull one back. And they had, there was a one position where they kind of uh, caught us a little bit out of position, off balance almost. And they played the ball across the face of the goal. And it looked like, I can't remember who it was from Samsung, but it looked like for sure they were going to score. And Muslera made the diving save, huge save uh, to keep us ahead too. And with that said, what I wanted to talk about and what I wanted to ask you as well was, Mm -hmm. you know, like I mentioned, he was the highest rated player in this match, according to our two sources, FaultMob and SofaScore. Um, He's still putting in pretty good performances this yep. match, I can't remember the last time he was our best, our highest rated player. I feel like it's been a while since that happened. Mm-hmm. But in these games where you're going on the road against teams that are not really that easy to beat, and you have a guy like Muslera who's doing these things to you know maintain your lead and give you a little push, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know, what, what do you think right now of Muslera at age 37? And what do you think his future is looking like with us like do you, how much how much do you think he has left in the tank how long can he keep doing this for us the nice thing about the goalie position historically is a goalie can play at a high level for a much longer period of time than an outfield player mm-hmm. just because of the strain on the body and all that right we've seen top quality goalies play near 40 right Musari is our captain as well. And having a player like him in the team is crucial. You see his relationship with players like Icardi, uh, Martins, but also the Turkish players like Kerem and Abdul Kerem, Bardakçı, Berkan Kutlu, whoever it is. He is a role model. He is a leader. And he's been this team's captain for as long as I can remember. He's my favorite player at Galatasaray. Like that's not changing. I will cry the day he leaves. And it's interesting you say this because not that long ago, I don't know if it's just me who saw this rumor, but 
they're saying that Musleta is not sign. They're not. We're not signing an extension with him after this year. Mm, I saw that too. Yeah, which is not the first time we heard this over the years. Like I feel like I swear to God, I feel like every year, every other year, there's a rumor. Oh, this is Musleta's last year. This is Musleta's last extension. You know, after that, he's gone. You know, he's getting old. The foreigner limit has not been of help, obviously. So it's like, oh, he's, we're going to bring in a Turkish player so we can ease the the trouble that we have. So we have one less spot that we can worry about, that we have to worry about, right? So we're right. trying to bring Turkish goalies, whether that was Urjan or whoever it is in the past. Now, when you see performances like this, you you have to ask yourself, like, why would we not extend him? Um, the foreigner limit, I think we mentioned that last episode or so, is apparently, I don't want to say being abolished, but the starting 11 component of the foreigner limit is being abolished. Like, you can mm, play yeah. 11 foreigners on the field. Yeah. So, that eases our hand a lot when it comes to a player like Musleta. Like, if you have 13 spots in your team for foreigners, bench included, and 11 on the field, why the fuck would you not include Musleta in that? Yeah. The only response to my question is wages. If Musleta still wants to maintain high wages, then it's like, why? Like, do we want to do that? But at the same time, you can easily argue you're paying this much for Zaha, you're paying this much to Icardi, and so on and so forth. You can't pay a little bit of money to Musleta, who's done all that he's done over the years, the amount of championships alone he's won for you. Yeah. Like, like a little royalty bonus, man. Like even if you say he's old, he shouldn't make that much money. Fucking pay him if if it means keeping him happy. Obviously, don't go and pay him like Icardi money, like you know whatever six, seven, eight million a year. But a, a little, a little cut, but still make him happy. Keep him happy. Like he's not gonna get that anywhere else. I doubt it. I don't think he his wife and his children want to go to Saudis. So he's not gonna get paid that anywhere else, and he's not gonna have the comfort anywhere else. So use that to your leverage. But keep him, man. Like that's that's. That's an easy answer for me, especially with the foreigner limit situation. John, I feel like we have to keep Musleta. I'm not ready to see him go. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I asked the question initially because, like I said, like I'm watching this match and, you know, like there's just a couple huge saves that he makes. And, it, and you, you, you have to say to yourself, like, damn, he's 37 years old. And how much longer is he going to be able to do things like this? You know? Um, but yeah, yeah, great, great points. And I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. Yeah. And worst case scenario, you play year by year, right? Like, Hey, you know, Musleta, you're, you're getting old. You know, this, I know this, everybody knows this, but we want to keep you around. Assuming that you're going to be of help to this team. Let's, let's give you a contract every year, once a year, right? Like a year at a time. Like, uh, it's not like he's of that age where he needs one big last contract for like, you know, when you get to, let's say, age 29, 30, mm-hmm. you say, um, I might get injured, whatever. Let me sign a nice three, four year deal. Yeah. He's past, he's past that. Like, we, we how old is Musleta now? Like 37? 30, yeah, he's 37. Yeah. He's turning 38 in June yeah. before the season yeah. ends or yeah. right around that. So play it by year. Uh, worst case scenario, you do a one plus one type of deal. Like you, you give him that little bit of comfort, but. I think he would be understanding of that. Um, so yeah, let's let's play that by ear. See how things go. And as always, incredibly grateful to have a keeper like Musada. And this game shows you that. I I have a fan about your friend who recently 
was like, I, I finally understand what it means to have a goalie who wins you points with Liva, Livokovic, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> I know you're a fan of him. We had fun arguments about him. I was. Yeah, I was. So <laughs> what, he went to Fenerbahce? <laughs> yeah, and then he just got ruined like always, bro. That's fair. But um, no, he's 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 a quality keeper. Is he Musleta quality? No, but he's a quality keeper. And yeah, my friend was like, yeah, like, yes. And I, I finally fucking understand what it means to have a keeper who's good and who actually wins you games because Livokovic, you know, I, I don't know if you saw their last game. I forget who it was against now. I think Adana Demersport. I, I forget who it was. Um, damn, I forget. But it was it was a tough game and they barely won it. It was like one nothing. They mm. scored in like the last minute of the game. Yeah, and that Liva, was, that was Liva, Antalya. Antalya, exactly. Yeah. Um, he made a lot of good saves. I'm not going to lie. Like mm. it, it was, they kept attack. Antalya kept attacking and he made very crucial saves. And he essentially won them those three points. Otherwise, an average goalie or like somebody like Altai <laughs> might have been a different story. So um, I think Galasai fans, we've come, become so used to having such a great keeper in Musleta. You kind of get numb to how important and crucial he is to this team and um yeah i i hope the organization um the club the the, the board don't forget that when it comes to transfer negotiations i you know we've we've had so many sour endings with a lot of legends in this team or maybe you, you don't want to consider them legends but big names like schneider and so on Melo, like the way that these players sometimes depart the club after all they've done yeah. over silly negotiations or such you know, a shame disagreements bro. it's it's so bad man it's it's it, yakushmi like it doesn't yeah, suit this team and i would be you know i would be so upset like if that happened to musada all people like he doesn't deserve that right like he deserves a statue and all like the whole nine yards like anything you can imagine he deserves it so um just to i guess kind of touch on that you know he, he deserves a shout out here after that performance you might say this is random, but like we're just kind of <laughs> appreciating what we have in our team and we should never forget that appreciation. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And on the other end of that, so like I mentioned, Muslera was our highest rated player and our worst rated player, our lowest rated player, the only player rated under a seven, Kerem Akturkolo. Kerem. <laughs> Brother. I'm I'm not sure what to say. I'm not sure what to say. He pisses me off so badly, but then you like he, he he's like your little brother, you know, like your 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 little brother like he gets on your nerves, you beat the shit out of him, you get so mad at him, but then like an hour later you're like, "Ah, oh, damn it, like he stole my little brother." You know? That's what happens with Kerem. He makes me so angry, but then after the game you know, the players and the fans were like kind of pushing him to do the Uchlu after the match. And he, he was doing it, but he was doing it so sadly, bro. It's like, damn it. I don't want you to be sad. I just want <laughs> you to play good, you know? And I don't know. He just hasn't been playing well. He just hasn't been playing well, man. He just, again, he just couldn't get anything going. He had another huge miss. His passes. Um, just horrible. Just horrible. Like he just can't get anything going. He came off in the 64th minute uh for Zaha. Zaha came in. Um and I, I don't know. Like I, I don't want to be a broken record like every single episode saying the same thing. 
but it's just getting to a point where like he's just he's dipped into such a low point of form like it's it's just sad it's hard to watch it's hard to watch i just want him to get it together you know yeah yeah it, it's it's tough i mean his ratings are all over the place it's super inconsistent and that becomes tough when you are in the title race and you are counting on a player to bring big performances for you um and then one game they're really good the next game they're not it's it's tough to really react to that um and sometimes as a result the fans overreact which is what we saw last week i had a discussion with um a friend in a chat about the whole whistling concept i said I'm, it really pisses me off it, it, i don't think it suits the fans it doesn't suit this club why are we whistling and i was genuinely curious as to why they do it and the reaction that i got was it's it's not necessarily to bring the player down it's just like a way of fans to making him portray aware, themselves maybe? that like look this is not acceptable yeah, like yeah yeah you yeah. know you need you need to pick it up you need to do something yeah. And of course, like whistling is not going to make Kedem start scoring those one-on-ones or those easy shots. It's not going to make Kedem all of a sudden turn into Modric when it comes to passing. That's not going to happen. But, you know, sometimes a little spark is what a player needs, a little realization. You know, these fans have supported me all this time and now they're whistling me. Why? Like sometimes players get lost in the sauce, man. Like they they don't realize that they're playing well below expectations they think they're just having an off game meanwhile Mm -hmm. you know it's more than just an off game Uh, fans don't whistle you for one off game they whistle you because you have now been consistently underperforming to your expectations so i i you know it was a different perspective which i appreciated i'm still very against it but uh sometimes you know the every fan is entitled to do what they want Uh, i'm not here to tell anybody don't do this don't do that um we're all fans in different ways so that was just a nice little perspective for me so get on man like fucking please yeah, yeah <laughs> please that's all i can say please bro please i'm begging you like you it's have just, guys like Budish who are just like bro they're there like if you don't you're on such a thin line now bro when you have like zaha Budish, tete like all these guys can just play in your spot bro like you know like i don't know the pressure is kind of building here you know we, we got to see something soon yeah and i think that i think i mentioned it last time but that really falls on okamburuk to kind of gauge the situation and react accordingly like there's there's a thin line between supporting your player and you know pushing them keeping them in despite you know the fans reactions because you don't want to be that coach who gives in to the fans right like that that's the last thing that you want because then you right. lose trust you lose the respect like you'd rather lose a little bit of trust of the fans than the players because the players are the ones that are on the pitch, not the fans. So I get it. Sometimes they they play players when they maybe shouldn't play just so you can kind of win them back, as they say. But uh, at this point, I think it's doing more damage than it is good. Kedem is clearly not playing consistently. He's clearly stressed out. I don't know if you saw um, this little video that came out. Vinicius, after he joined Gala, he was at the club facilities uh, and he was recording... Um, I think another player I forget what happened but somebody was recording something at our facilities at Florida mm-hmm. and they it over recorded like in the background Kerem talking to somebody else in the club in Turkish no saying, way I didn't see that oh you didn't see this what was he, say- what was he saying 
So he said, oh, like my doctor told me like I, I broke my tooth because of stress or something like that. Oh like, my God. You're kidding me, bro. No. <laughs> Dude, this no. has to be a joke. No, bro. Like it. And, the whole and, wait, wait, is, and the who the club posted this? No, no. I think I think it was like Vinicius or like oh, somebody. Okay. Or maybe, or maybe oh maybe it was Tete recording the like the recording announcement vi- video Vinicius. of yeah. Vinicius on the pitch. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, bro. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I saw like I I didn't even click on the video. Like I was scrolling through Twitter, and I remember I I, I remember I saw that. But I didn't. I did. I just didn't click on it. And you know, like on Twitter, you gotta click on the video to hear the audio, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I can't believe that. Wow. Yeah. So here, apparently, Keren was talking with Halil, and he broke his teeth twice due to stress. And you know, apparently, his doctor told him that or something. But that's fucking crazy, man. Like your your player is this kid, man. I you see now you feel bad. I yeah. feel bad. Oh, oh I feel, dude. I feel sick right now. I just want love, bro. My stomach is hurting now. <laughs> Oh my god, bro! Yeah, he definitely needs to chill. But like, he's you know, you know what that says though. Like, I I respect it again because he's trying. He he's stressed out because he cares. He's stressed yeah. out because he's trying his best, and this is the reaction he's getting. Like, there's something needs to be figured out. Like, it, you know what? It could be worse. So it could be Kerem is playing badly and he doesn't care. Like mm-hmm. he could be, yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah. saying whatever he could, you know, bet Honda in the past, you know, he got whistled and, you know, he raised his hands to the fans. He like purse at them or whatever. He like bad mouth them. I don't know what he said, but you saw his like physical reaction, right? I, he got subbed off once. I don't know if you remember that, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a good look. Some players take off their Jersey. They throw it on the floor or whatever. Uh, actually, apparently somebody said that Kerem did this last game or something. I didn't see it, so I'm not going to go with it. But um, yeah, like he could react poorly, but he's not doing that. I don't think he's doing that. He cares for this club. So still respect to him. And as I said, it's not Okan Buruk now to say, look, Kerem is in this mental state. The fans have a certain feeling towards him. Before this gets disastrous, bench the kid. Like, he, just I know. bench him. I know, it's not man. like he's scoring 10 goals a game and like... People are pissed and you need to play him. You have options. Yeah. You don't have a lot of options, yeah. but you have options. Yeah. It's what I've been saying for the last like two episodes I've been on. Like, let the kid breathe. Take a little pressure off. Let him sit down. Watch the match. Like, players just watching the match can improve so many different things, bro. Like, you can see the game in a, such a different way. You know, you can see so much easier what's working, what's not working, what you need to do. You can envision what you would have done or what you would be doing on the pitch right now. It's such a powerful thing. Let him sit down, take some pressure off, let him breathe, introduce him maybe the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the match here and there, you know, try to build him back up. I'm really, really hoping Okan can do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and he's proven that he can be a good super sub too. Like against United, I believe he was off the bench uh, that one game and he came on, scored a worldy of a goal at home. Like Kerem can be effective starting or off the bench. Like some players, they they don't do well coming off the bench and then you have to question yourself, do I have to start him? Because if I take him off the bench, he's not going to be good, blah, blah, blah. No. Bench him and bring him on the 60th minute, 70th minute when somebody needs a break. Martins. Yeah. He can't play a full 90 minutes sometimes. So sub him off, whatever, right? So figure it out, Hojun, please. 
because um, it's not doing a good job. It's not doing good for Kerem and it's not doing good for fans. We're not happy either. So, or yep. his teeth, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, and but um, that bummed me out, man. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, if I don't know if you have anything else to say about this match, or if you wanted to preview our cup match tomorrow. Yeah, no, uh, we can preview it. Uh, let's see. We are playing tomorrow, which is February 6th, Tuesday, against Bandermaspor. Uh, this is our first cup game of the season. Uh, this is round 16, apparently. Um, and we play at home, so that's a good thing. Uh, Bandarma is not necessarily a team of quality. Uh, let me take a quick look. They're in the first league, actually. So actually, they're not terribly. <laughs> they're in the league below us. They're in seventh place. Um, and they look okay. So it's definitely not going to be an easy game. And we know how these things work, yeah, right? Yeah, you, that's you, go the thing. In, you go into the cup games and you think, oh, it's it's going to be a walk in the park. Play your 19-year-olds, your 20-year-olds. Let them, let them smell the field. Let them play a little bit. No, it's not that easy. And like we've kind of fucked up because of that in the past we don't take these games seriously players like teams like bandama sport come and they want to play the game of their fucking lives because <laughs> hey maybe you know the the young winger will play yep. a great game score three goals and get transferred to pendix sport next season and play in the super league where then they can play sport, for bro he's going right to fan if that happens that he's <laughs> right like, the hemen bro like right away <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, man. These these clubs want to play well against us, um, so we can't we can't take them lightly. So I don't know. Will we will we see most of the starters? Will we see some bench guys? What do you think heading into tomorrow? Yeah, I think we'll see a mix. Like I mentioned earlier, I think that we could see uh, Vinicius playing tomorrow. Um, and I think we'll see a mix. You know, like uh, AU might be playing. Maybe Halil, you know, like I think we're going to mix some in. I, I'd imagine probably Torreira is still going to be playing. Um, but That's I don't a million-dollar question. Is Kazim Jun going to be playing tomorrow? Yeah, I, dude, if he, if, he can't, if he can't play this match tomorrow, brother. What, is, what does that tell you? That he's done. He has <laughs> absolutely not a single place in this team anymore. That's what that tells me. Because, bro... If you're using Berkan in Kazimjan's position against Bandarma, I don't, I don't know what to say, bro. Kazimjan, get out of there, bro. Like your career is going down the tubes at that point, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think we'll see a good mix. But like you said, the thing with these cup matches is that literally anything can happen. And we've seen it so many times, so many upsets and the whole dynamic of it is, it's, it's so interesting. So we'll see how that goes. The good news is that we are at home and uh, we just have the usual injuries that we've had ongoing. Abdul Kerim, Sergio Oliveira and, uh, well, Ziyech. So yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you think? What's your prediction? What's your score prediction for that? Listen, man, um, I think this team is in need of like some sort of a confidence boost, I want to say. Not, mm. Like obviously we're getting results, right? We, we've won our last five games and all that, but I haven't seen an exciting like, oh, we dominated this game performance. Right? We beat Trabzon 5-1 away, which is huge. I'm not going to take it away, but since then it's been like on and off. Like we're just lacking that consistency. This is a great game to, you're playing in front of your fans at home. 
give them some excitement. Remind them of your quality and remind yourself of the quality. Yeah. And I think this is a good opportunity for Okan Buruk to try different things, as you mentioned. We can see Vinicius, what he's like. Uh, I would also not be surprised if Icardi starts. The kid, the guy, I should say, not kid, has not been scoring that many goals. And the goals he's been scoring are coming off of penalties. Like yeah, that, true. That is mentally not good for a striker. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast. A striker needs to be mentally in good shape, in good form to score goals consistently. It's not just about the quality of whether they can do it or not. Sometimes it's a mental game, especially for strikers. So what better way to turn things around for Cardi than scoring three goals against uh, a subpar Bundama Sport defense? Like, yep. at the end of the day, if Cardi scores three goals, he's not going to go home and say, oh, I scored three goals against Bundama Sport. It's not that big of a deal. He's going to go home and say, damn, bro, I scored three fucking goals. Like... I'm the fucking shit. Like, I can do this. And he's going to play against Bajakshir with that confidence over the weekend. So that's what we need. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are, like, some guys that you might think should rest. Do play. Um, yeah, very possible. So very possible. Excited, excited for that. Hopefully it's hopefully we can score a lot of goals early. And then we can play some of the guys who don't normally play in the second half. That will be really ideal. So they do get some rest at the end of the day. Score prediction? Uh, I was gonna say uh, prediction. I'll I'll say I'll say something like five one. Like we we okay. might still let a random ass goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, random own goal. Like some bullshit. Us, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, agreed. We could see that. We could see guys like Akardi play after all. Just 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 to try to light a fire under his ass and get him going. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'll say three nil. 3-0 for us. Um, I think it'll probably, it should be, you know, I don't want to say easy, but it should be a comfortable match here. Like, I don't see why it wouldn't be, but again, anything can happen in these matches, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. Did, uh, did yeah. you have anything else to add or? Let's, let's quickly talk about, I mean, prediction wise, Bashak shared too. So today sure. I said Monday we play, uh, Bandrama tomorrow and then we play Bashak Shir on Saturday and that's also at home which is huge uh, yeah. very very good very good to stay at home um, during a stretch like this so Definitely. we'll probably record the next episode after that game either Saturday night or Sunday so prediction wise for me on that end uh, let's take a quick look at Bashak Shir's recent games um, they they beat Istanbul Sport 2-0 they beat Konya 3-2 they lost to Fenerbahce one nothing with two red cards. Um, they tied Karagumruk. Listen, they're they're not a bad team. Um, they're in eighth place, which is very very far from us, but still, uh, they're what is this? Six six points behind third, right behind Besiktas. So they're they're in the race. They're always gonna want to do well against us. It's gonna be a tough game. Um, I'm gonna say. Dude, I said 3-1 last two games. Both were wrong. I'm going to try a third time. Hopefully, third time is a charm. I'm going to say 3-1 win against Bashak Shir. Yeah, that was uh, my prediction as well. I think, I, again, like, look, we're at home. Um, they have a cup match against Hatay on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I'm not sure, like, they're in eighth place right now. And, like, I'm not sure if you mentioned it on this episode or the last one, but... Like, 
us and Fened are we're just we've blown everyone else so far out of the water. Like we're both tied on sixty three points. Besiktas is in third with thirty nine points, and Basakshir have thirty three points. So I, I I don't know. I would be of course very upset if we drop points to them, but I think we should be able to 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 get three points here. And considering the damage that was done against Trabzon, I'm hoping that can relate and sort of transfer over into uh, another big match, I guess you can say, with quotations around big. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. See what happens. So match tomorrow, match on Saturday. We will be back again, hopefully on the weekend, to cover those two matches and the results. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, anything else from you, or should I take it away here? Take it away, my man. Awesome. So... Yeah, that was episode 78 of The Lion's Den. Thanks, everyone, for listening once again. Hit us up on Twitter, at The Lion's Den GS. Get uh, a Discord invite if you want. Come in, talk about the match, talk about the transfers, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let us know what you thought about the episode, if you have any questions for us for the next one. Um, That's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, you'll hear from us again on episode 79. Take care. Take care, guys.